This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Nutty Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's Nutty Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, hey. What the fuck did we just watch, really? <laughs> hey, Lon, don't eat carbs. <laughs> don't wear that red lipstick, okay? <laughs> this might be an unpopular opinion, but Sarper was probably my favorite person. <laughs> We could discuss his merits, but obviously he's, I don't know. I don't even want to say he's not a likable character. Maybe there's things about him that people don't like, but there's also things about him that are genuine. And I don't think it comes from like him being a bad person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just think that's just how he is. And maybe he's unaware of how things are. And anyway, we'll get to Sarper. Yeah. How's, how are you doing, Nadia? <laughs> well, I uh, I can't believe what I just watched either. I do know that I want to probably start with Kenny and Armando because I think they're like the MVPs of this tell-all, this three-part tell-all. Yeah, I think they're the voice of reason. I think it's no surprise that they're yeah. fan favorites. Right. But yeah, I want to get your take on like what you think about them, you know, trying to get this surrogacy going. Yeah, I always like seeing Armando and Kenny um, on the show. I I think of all the couples, they're the most genuine. We say this all the time whenever they're on a season. And um, this season, and especially during the tell-all, seeing how emotional Kenny got over what was happening, I really felt bad for them. And I knew, I had a feeling that their surrogate would bounce out on them, would ghost them. Really? And I, Yeah. Is it because she acted weird when they met with her? Like, was she like kind of out of whack in a way? I don't think it was weird, but she was very emotional. And it seemed to me that she was the type that would get attached. And um, mm -hmm. Koi and I were like, this is difficult because, you know, and we were just throwing it around. We were just like, you know, sometimes it's known that surrogates will get attached to the baby. Of and stuff. course. Yeah. And as as we were saying that, you could see that she was very emotional and she played it off as like, oh, but I'll be doing this for love and blah, 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 blah. But my eyebrow did go up and I was like. I don't know. She seems like the type that would get really, really attached. And I felt really, really bad for them when Kenny and Armando revealed that she ghosted them. Yeah. That's an emotional toll on them. And he said the process is like $75,000 and they're going to have to do it all over again. So like 150 k like that's a lot of money. Maybe that TLC money is really, really good, but man, 150 k And I think money isn't an object if they really want to have kids. But what really also impacted me was um, when Tim was saying, I think Kenny's doing it more for Armando mm. than for himself. Right. I kind of felt that way too, but I also do still think Kenny does want to have a child. He has valid reasons for why I think his age, you know, but he combats that by saying, well, you know, I didn't let my age hold me back when it came to dating Armando. So I'm I'm not going to let that stop me from, you know, having another child. But yeah, I hope this is successful. I, you know, I don't know where I stand on whether to do one. What is it? One embryo or two? Or was it two or three? I, I forget exactly. But there I, was I, some discussion about how many they want to have or something. Yeah, I thought they got seven embryos. But maybe I might have misheard. Yeah, no. But how many do they want to cash in? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because there was yeah. that risk of having multiple children. And I think Kenny was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> what do you think about 
Tim's comment that he didn't recommend Kenny to have a kid, a baby, given that he's, what, 60 years old, even though Kenny looks like the most healthiest, sexiest 60-year-old out there. Yeah. <laughs> right? The most fittest, I would say, right? What's I don't your wanna, secret, Kenny? <laughs> I know. I don't want to objectify him, but, you know, me and my husband, my husband especially, right? And my husband's obviously heterosexual, as far as I know. He'll always compliment how Kenny looks so good for his age. And I, I agree as well. I think a lot of people agree. But even so, I think a lot of us, especially parents, like, you know, now that I'm a parent, I mean, I consider myself an old parent. I'm like, damn, I don't want a kid when I'm at that age, you know, yeah. like I would want to chill, <laughs> you know, at least, you know, slow down my life. Like I don't want to be raising a baby, but I get that he's probably doing this out of love, pure love for Armando, which is great. But sometimes I wish Armando would take a step back and be like, well, I already have a daughter. Kenny has what, four kids that should be enough. And even though we don't share a kid that resembles both of us or something, I don't know. Maybe I'm being selfish. I'm talking very selfishly here as a parent. But in a way, I, I agree with Tim. I feel bad for Kenny for wanting to raise a baby at that age. But, yeah. you know, he is very fit. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely a valid concern. But I think it's a decision that they both came to fairly. Whether they were holding back their true feelings about the decision is a different story. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think Armando did say, look, if Kenny doesn't want to do this, then I'm down with that. Like, if he doesn't want to, then, you know, then I'm all right with that. And and Kenny was like, well, I'm going to do it for Armando. So, like, it was a decision <laughs> that they both came to, and I, I wish them the best. But again, you know, sometimes we don't always say, like, how we really feel. So maybe there are some concerns there that weren't always voiced, but I think they did come to it, you know, together and made a fair decision about it. So I wish him the best. And yeah. Um, yeah. Before I move on, I just want to say, I think part of me secretly wish that this is something that they scripted themselves so that they can be part of the show. But I'm not questioning the fact that they don't want kids. But like, I also think that they have such a great life together. Like, why would they want to go through this process? And it's very expensive. Like, mm. like I think part of me wish that it's scripted. <laughs> like, they, you know, in, in order for them to kind of... I, and I hate to say this phrase, but stay relevant within the 90 Day Fiancé universe. Mm. Maybe the producers ask them to come back and they're like, okay, but what can we present on the show? Oh, maybe your surrogacy journey, you know? Mm. And Because at first it was the part about moving to Mexico City. Mexico City, yeah. And I thought, <clears throat> okay, that's easily squashed, right? I mean, yeah, you argue about moving. I mean, you know, that's like a normal couple would... But then like the surrogacy thing, it's it's obviously something to explore and, you know, having cameras in the clinic to see them, you know, squirt a few out or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it's interesting, right? You say so, squirt a few out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's my mommy brain. Like I obviously don't know English anymore. I can't put together a proper sentence, but... That's the best phrase you can get out of me at this moment to describe what I watched. But yeah, like that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah at least for me, that was fun. very interesting. So that was good TV. So I guess that's why I said like part of me wished that the whole surrogacy journey was just something that they probably scripted. But anyway, if it's not, I'm 100% wrong and I'm happy to admit that. And I wish them all the best as well. Mm -hmm. Moving on to Kirsten and Julio. So, I want to know which camp you're in because I have to say I was almost sucked into the Julio camp. But then I also think Kirsten dodged a bullet here because yeah. I don't know how Julio let her get away. Like, I mean, dude, what the hell? <laughs> you could have had free healthcare in the Netherlands <laughs> And you let that get away. You could have EU citizenship through her. You could mm -hmm. have had a good life cycling around Holland. And you just decided, you know what? New York City is where I want, or not New York City, but whatever the New York suburb that he's in is where I want to stay. What? Yeah. What? <sighs> Maybe I'm projecting, but sorry. Go ahead, Lon. 
I'm team Kirsten. So I think he's a mama's boy. He wasn't prepared. He didn't even tell anybody that he was going to leave. He wasn't mm -hmm. prepared. To me, it shows that he he didn't really want to go and he was going because that was a plan. But he, he hadn't really thought out all the steps. And by the time she came to visit, I don't think he was really going to go. And he was looking for any reason to not go. Yeah. So then he fabricates the story or he takes anything that may be an inconvenience and he turns it into a red flag. Mm -hmm. Like I have friends that I text, you know, and, and that doesn't mean I'm cheating on my partner or whatever. But to him, it was like, oh, he, he grabbed onto that and he turned it into a red flag. And he was like, ah, this is why I didn't want to go. No, you didn't want to go because you didn't want to leave your mom. Just say that you weren't prepared to go. You didn't want to tell your mom you were going and you had this opportunity to stay. So like, you're going to blame it on her cheating. Uh, you know, I think we have to break up. You're going to make up all this shit and turn the littlest things into reasons why you can't go because you can't fucking admit that you don't want to leave your mom, period. That's it. And like, it doesn't make any sense because if she was talking to some guy, like, why is he going to move in? Why is she telling him, you know, come and you're going to move in. We're going to move in together and have a future there. That's not something you, you do to somebody if you're talking to other people. Like they're going to blow up your spot as soon as he arrives and you start building a life together. The people you're talking to are going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? So it doesn't make any sense that she would be yep. like talking or having these like extra affairs or having an affair or cheating on him. I just felt like it was a cop out. The phone conversation, it was very telling that he was smiling. It was a look of relief. And mm. she was like, why are you smiling? I'm fucking crying over here and you're smiling. And he's like, he's still smiling. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not smiling. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, that's the smile of like relief that like you finally did what you were supposed to do, which was to let her off the hook or to get yourself off the hook and not go whatever. It was mission accomplished. Yeah. And that's what he was smiling about. Like, it was so clear. I'm like, dude, that's the smile of a guy who just like unloaded like something that was burdening him or, or whatever. That's what it was. And um, anyway, team Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. She's too good for him. She's she's a knockout. Like she's gorgeous. Like every time she was on the screen, I was like, I was like, wow, she's so attractive. <laughs> anyway, I remember when they first introduced Julio and Kirsten. I'm like, how did they end up together? And I'm not talking about looks. I mean, looks wise, you know, obviously Julio has the looks, but like it's just where he stands and what she's about. It's just I don't know. What was their story anyway? I forgot. Sorry, folks. I really forgot. Did he slide into her DMs? Was he on vacation? I already forgot it, yeah, like how I their think story began. It, yeah, you're right. I should have done a better job researching the synopsis of this because, yeah, it was obviously weeks ago. And yeah, yeah. folks, we're both busy people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember what happened was they did spend a lot of time in the Netherlands. Like he spent a crap ton of time there and that's how he kind of was convincing himself that he was going to move but then I think he had a change of heart or change of mind but yeah Kirsten was already looking at apartments uh, I have to say on the looks department because yeah my husband is like how the hell did he bag someone like her if you know soccer people go look up this guy called Memphis Depay is Dutch Julio looks just like him. Uh, and if she's anything like a soccer fan, I bet she probably saw him and be like, oh my God, he looks like that soccer star <laughs> who plays for the national Dutch team. So Memphis Depay, look him up. Tell me if he looks like Julio. <laughs> but anyway, I really think she dodged the bullet here. And it sucks that he had to go down that route of trying to expose her and him victimizing himself and painting her as a villain. I think that's really trying to make her look bad on the show and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was really dishonest and self-serving to me. Like, that's how you wanted to clear it up. You saved it for the tell all so that you could like expose these recordings or whatever. I'm like, nah, dude, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Low blow move. Uh yeah. I felt bad for her though, because then everyone started ganging up on her. I was like, no, nah, that's not cool. Like, He's winning you over with this story? Really? Yeah. It's yeah. okay. She's moved on, hopefully. And I mean, I don't know. He has definitely moved on with someone local, I guess. Oh, and, right. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's dating somebody else now, right? Yeah. And she suspects that it's that 
chick that he met too. So I think she was trying to get back with him. And I think as soon as she found out that he met someone at one of his DJing events and they followed each other on social media, that's like the millennial slash Gen Z way of knowing that someone is going to move on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and y'all are following each other. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely, definitely a, a sign, an indicator. That's just so sus. Come on. Like all these things are falling into place. Like, of course he was going to stay. It didn't even look like he wanted to go. Yeah. Speaking of social media, I guess we uh, shouldn't mess around with Danielle when it comes to social media because that's how she found out that Johan was cheating on her or has been cheating on her. I don't Dang. know. Y'all, the gas was getting lit last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying like, Johan, like, you can't gaslight us all like this. <laughs> all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, like, she has the receipts and he's like... Right? She brought the <laughs> damn folder, dude. Like, that's his a lot of receipts. His extent was an actual video of him having sex. That was the extent. Like, show me the video where we're sleeping together. I'm like... <laughs> we don't need to produce that to prove that you're cheating here. Like, <laughs> come on. She's receiving numerous emails from numerous women. They brought one onto the show who exposed him. Like, <laughs> And that's not enough for him to admit yeah. that he's a cheater, apparently. Yeah. I can't believe that he made it about money problems and stuff like that. I think he became money hungry. And, and it might have been that way from the beginning. I hate to use the word cow. I don't like to use cash cow as an expression, y'all. I'm not trying to, you know, degrade women here. But like he saw her as, as a cash cow. And apparently over there, he has friends who have dated white women or American women before who have, you know, played up the sugar mama aspect of the relationship. And he was expecting that from Danielle. And he didn't get it. And when he didn't get it, he started treating her like shit. And it was all bad. Even when she was asking for like the rent and stuff and he was moving out and he was like, well, you got to give me all my money back and stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think he heard about how his friends are being showered with gifts and money and green card. And he's thinking that, oh, this is what I should be expecting out of an American woman. And I guess when Danielle expected like a, what you call it, like an equitable relationship, he's like, wait, what? Like, you want me to pay for this apartment too? What? Like, you want me to work? You want me to like meet you halfway? How dare you? Yeah. Valid <laughs> points though, too. We talked about this, I think, right? Yeah. Like she went there and she didn't tell him that she was going to live there until she landed. So he makes valid points. You know he's not making a lot of money, and yet you're going to expect him to cough up. Fuck, what was it? I, 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 Sixty thousand pesos. On the screen. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, you know, he doesn't make that much money. Like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. again, he he made a valid argument where, like, I think in a previous season he tried to bargain her down to a, a different place, but she wanted a gated community with AC and a pool or all this yeah. fucking lavish shit. So like, and then she's like, and you're gonna pay half. Like, yeah. so I get, I understand what he's saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? But then at the same time, I think it was wrong to just kind of use her or expect that he was going to get spoiled and have a place and have a car and all funded by her. I think that's also not a fair expectation, but yep. I think definitely with her coming with, you know, more stable income and things like that, that it is only fair that she'd burden a little bit more of the financial responsibility I still think he did her dirty, though. Yeah. So unpopular opinion. I think some people see her as using him as well as a get out of jail card and trying to like escape her debt. Because I think we covered the fact that she was in deep debt, you know, where she's from. And that's why she doesn't want to bring him back to the U.S. is because she's trying to escape her money troubles here. So I think he kind of knows that and maybe that's why he's like kind of got her wrapped around his finger in a way where he's like, well, you have no choice, right? Either you fund my lifestyle, otherwise I'm going to, I guess, rebel and maybe this is way of rebelling and 
it's no excuse, obviously, but I mean, we cannot say that Danielle is 100% saint here because the other thing that is very sus is that didn't she say two weeks before the tell-all she was hanging out with his family? And I'm like, girl, yeah. if you're going to be coming on to you know national TV and exposing his cheating ways, why you be spending time with his family, man? Now you're getting us all confused. I get it. You want to not sever your ties, but there are better ways to you know, optics-wise, this is such a weird look for you too. Yeah. Like, why are you still being close with his family and at the same time exposing him for the shitty asshole that he is? Yeah. Doesn't make and we sense. don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know? Right. I mean, she could still be getting a booty call from him or whatnot. Like, we don't, and, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, and some people think that maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Maybe mm -hmm. they both have something to hide. The only thing we can say for sure is that he was disloyal. She was not. But on the same note, we can also say she was also using him financially. Correct. Maybe he was trying to use her and he wasn't getting the money, but the money was definitely flowing in somebody's benefit there in that relationship. Yeah. I caught something too that she said they were going on vacation and she funded those. Mm -hmm. Clearly, she's okay with funding their lifestyle. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be expecting him to at least meet her midway. But, you know, there's a reason why she's staying in DR, you know, and she's using him as a husband. She can't catch up on her bills. You know? Yeah. <laughs> catch up on that debt. <laughs> she keeps doing it. Yeah. Speaking of debt, I suddenly thought about Wayne and Holly. Like, what do you think? Is Holly avoiding going back to South Africa? To yeah. Okay, so I understand where Wayne's coming from. It's frustrating to accommodate somebody and to think you're meeting you're meeting the needs and their concerns. And so I originally backed her for leaving because she felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I couldn't stay in a place if I felt unsafe. And he's like, well, you know, there's a generator and you just need to learn how to use it and turn on the electricity and the lights and stuff like that. It's still a scary place. You're not home. She's alone. And it's dark. The lights went out and it, she's not used to it yet. And so they got robbed. That. I think someone tried to break into their house a few times. Yeah. I don't know if she was there when it happened, but definitely like it happened so frequently that he had to put up extra security measures yeah. for sure. So it, it is happening. So I, I definitely supported her decision to be like, look, I'm out, especially when he's not giving her any signs that, uh, when he's like, well, if I had known, what did he say? If I had known it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have dated. When you're saying shit like that, you know what I mean? And kind of making her doubt that you love her or yeah, doubt where your relationship hurtful. is at. Yeah, it's definitely like, okay, fine, I'm out. And I don't know if she wants to go back. If it's for financial reasons, I 100% support that. He's in debt. He hasn't been able to turn his company around yet, apparently. So if she's saying, look, I got to stay behind because somebody's got to pay the bills, like it's a no brainer. Like she can't go there and, and then work or else you'll be two people in debt. You know what she, I mean? Like she also said her mom is sick. Yeah. Was so sick. Yeah. Valid reasons to stay behind, make some money, pay off your husband's debt, and then really just nail down the communication. Like, how are we going to make this work long distance for a while while we pay your debt down, while you get back on track with your company or your business or whatever to where you're making money again and just really, really put them in a place financially where the relationship can be successful before heading back out there and dealing with her safety concerns and all that stuff. Like get the financial part, like figured out first. Yeah. It's going to mean maybe that you're apart for how long, however that takes, and then just work on the communication because I think he was really being really shitty. And I get it. People can say, oh, you know, maybe he's not that kind of guy and stuff like that. But if this is what she needs in the relationship to feel loved and she's already paying your bills, you fucking better get another phone. You know what I mean? Get another phone and talk to her. Like That, that yeah. is the very least you can do <laughs> for your wife who is paying off your debt. <laughs> like The very least is talk to yeah. her. <laughs> like, my phone was broken i'm not gonna get a new one it's just i'm not gonna talk to you it's a cop out that's like, a cop out yeah, yeah. <laughs> total cop out <laughs> i do think that 
there's some parallels here when it comes to Holly. Like she's like the female Paul. You know, every time something happens, she tends to run, whether she has shoes on or not. Oh, is that Paul and Karini? Yeah. Yeah. Because remember how Paul <laughs> likes to run away too? Yeah. I'm like, damn, Holly. Like, And she's a woman running away in the middle of South Africa. Again, don't know which suburb she's in, but assuming that it's probably not a safe one. Or maybe it is safe and that's why she's able to run, just randomly run away with or without shoes. Her safety but, concerns went out the window. I know, <laughs> dude. Started running I get very anxious when I see her like suddenly <laughs> speed off to like no man's land. You know, like where the hell does she think she's going? Like, <laughs> yeah, I do find her behavior like a little bit off-putting. My husband and I think that she might be on some medication. Mm. Uh, she does look a little bit off but i can't put my finger on to it i don't like know on like the t- on the tell-all you meant no just it, throughout the, in the season. series yeah oh. even during the wedding i feel like she might have she might be onto something i don't know what it is but hmm. again just speculation i'm not trying to like start a rumor or anything it's just she does behave in her own ways and it's just a little off sometimes hmm. but anyway and i'm sorry if i'm judging but hey, this is, you know, TV, right? <laughs> so just, just want to put my opinion out there. Other than that, I think Holly and Wayne, to me, they're not particularly that interesting. I tend to skip their segments quite a bit. What I don't skip is <laughs> Kimberly and TJ because of, you know, his brother, Yash. Yeah. And uh, how they got into it with one another. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if Kimberly can be in this multi-generational home with the family and again like this is another case of like western women coming to india not doing their due diligence on how they're expected to behave or even researching the role that they're going to be playing right but coming in like guns blazing thinking that you can change the society and change the way things have been for thousands of years right (laughs) you know like if they're burning cow dung in their kitchen, they're burning cow dung yeah. in their kitchen, man. That's nothing you can do. I get it. It's such a rude awakening. I mean, I think in the previous season, like we've, we've seen how like other women have come to India and they're like, what? I have to wake up at 4 a.m. to make chai for all of you. <laughs> what the hell? Like, how are you not modernized? It's like, well, that's their culture and that's their tradition. That's their expectation of wives. You know, in general, if you marry into an Indian family, that's how it is. But yeah, I guess Kimberly obviously cannot hack it. And I know she left the whole tell-all, you know, making it kind of open-ended between her and TJ. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see them again because I feel like, you know, seeing Kimberly like act up sometimes is just intolerable to me. Insufferable. Yeah. So I got a hot take. Another Uh one of our unpopular opinions. Oh, hey. Um. So 100%, she does come off, you know, bratty sometimes and entitled sometimes. But I also believe that there are some things she's justified about. Mm-hmm. So similar to another couple in India, I forget exactly who, but the living situation wasn't really specified. Like they didn't get into detail about it. And there was even a scene where she's talking to TJ and she's like, wait you didn't tell me we were going to live with your family. And he right. just kind of brushed it off. He was just like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, and that's just so like, I get it. And and you already told him you're going to marry him and that you're you're moving there. So like he didn't go into detail about what that would entail. And then I think he manipulated the situation. He knew if he told her she wouldn't marry him. And again, right. it, it comes down to, yeah, she should have done the research. I get it. 100 percent. But also you have to give them the information to make the decision, the best decision possible, you know, and if you're not giving them that information to make the decision, they're making a decision based on information they do not have, right? (laughs) It stands to logic. So I didn't, I think he might've manipulated that situation. In fact, I'm pretty sure he did. When they showed the scene where he's like, oh, I didn't tell you. Uh, Yeah, that's a thing. You have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) This is information I could have used before I said I was moving here. Yeah. I think... The screaming scene was unfair. I think they painted her out to look crazy and that, whoa, look at, she's acting up. She's over here screaming in the house. But this happens 
when people are isolated and you put them in a room and they're alone and they're in their thoughts and the frustrations they build up, that happens. It happens in solitary confinement. It happens in other real world scenarios. That's just the effects of being alone. Yep. And she's alone. She feels trapped in this room and, you know, she doesn't want to go out and things like that. So then when he comes, she's already under a lot of pressure. So then when she's not getting what she wants from her husband, I'm giving her a little bit more leeway when she screams and she's out of frustration and going, I fucking blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? And again, like, yeah, it maybe wasn't the best way to express her frustration, but I get it. And I think what they captured on camera, it happens more times than not. And it was filmed in a way to make her look like she was crazy. When I think it's actually a pretty normal experience when people are put under a lot of pressure mm -hmm. and they're alone, you know, and they're not getting what they want from their partner. And the only way they can express it is to like scream because they feel like they're not being heard. And so I felt that was a little unfair. And the whole argument that she had with what's her face? Jenny. When Jenny and Submit were there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone was ganging up on her and stuff like that. And like, I just thought that was unfair because Jenny called her a name first. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Cunt is a strong word. I get it. But it, you're not going to talk to me like that. If someone's going to talk to me in this tone and then call me a name, I'm going to call you a name back. Nobody said that. They're all, do you regret what you said, what you called her? Like, why? You should be asking Jenny that. Nobody thought to ask, why did Jenny come over there like as if she was any better? You know what I mean? Like she yeah. was on a high horse and stuff. Me and submit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like you didn't respect his parents. I think you put in a better effort for sure. <laughs> but, you know, well, you weren't the you weren't a gleaming example of how to be an American woman in India. And you're over here like trying to shit on Kimberly. So when Kimberly was like, cunt, like I understood. I was like, she started it. Yeah. So again, unpopular opinion, you know what I mean? But I don't think she's as bad as the TV is making her out to be. I mean, first of all, I think Jenny probably came in guns blazing because she wants to be relevant again. <laughs> I felt that. I totally she just wants to start it. something. You know, she just totally wants to start something. That. And I think the reason why people were ganging up against Kimberly, like almost guilt tripping her for calling Jenny a cunt. It's probably because they feel sorry for Jenny being the older woman, you know, between the two of them. But yeah, you're right. Because Jenny started it first. She came in and she was like, you're disrespectful. You're disrespecting India. Leave India and don't yeah. come back. Stay I was in like, America. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who died and made you the, <laughs> the right. tourism board of India or something? Or like, who commissioned that? Anyway, yeah, I totally felt what you said about Kimberly being isolated and obviously without the family support, without knowing a lot of people in India and yeah, just being trapped in the house with Yash and his parents and, you know, the smell of cow dung. I mean, that's not fun, <laughs> especially when you came from a life, you know, in US where it's a little bit more free flowing, you know, you can go out with friends, go to the mall. Like it's obviously not the same in India and you're right. I think, TJ should have given her a heads up of like, hey, this is what life is going to look like for you when we get married. These are the expectations. You know, the women of the house typically stay home, do housework, whatever, right? Do I believe they have had the talk? I don't know. Maybe they have and maybe they're doing this for the show. I don't know. But it does seem like Kimberly is miserable. Do I think they still love each other? I think they do. I think Kimberly is probably trying to dramatize this whole thing. I'm not invalidating how she feels but and why she shouldn't be screaming. I'm just saying like, I think obviously she's playing it up so that maybe she can continue on being part of the cast member of a 90 Day Fiancé series. But she yeah. wants that camera time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, we all love an unhinged character, right? So <laughs> again, not invalidating how she might be feeling at that time, being isolated and being all trapped and in that apartment. Again, I, I think she and Yash would make good TV, <laughs> you know, arguing with each other uh, about life in India or how she should behave around the family. Just, but now they're getting along. So it's yeah, like, 
no more of that. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, until the next now. time, until the next time they disagree and then yeah. he accidentally calls us stupid or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Lon, let's take a break and we will continue with the hot topic that is Brendan and Mary and Shekinah and Supper. We'll be right back after these messages. And we're back. Just Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Two more couples before we uh, end this podcast. Uh, Lon, we, shall we uh, talk about Mary and Brendan? Yeah, congratulations, Mary and Brandon, on uh, on Baby Midnight. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she is the cutest. Ah, um, so um, yeah, very, 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 very problematic relationship. Um, toxic, but I think I think I place more of the blame on Brandon. Um, let me just say, as an avid gamer. Uh, video games are not bad. It's it's the person who plays them, right? It's the person who's maybe neglecting their their duties, their responsibilities to their wife and their and their children. Um, and I think you know they they say, oh, he plays video games, and people are like, yeah, fuck video games. Like it's not the games, y'all. It's like it's 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 the people. It, it's it, people can set aside time to enjoy the things they like, whether it's video games, whether it's playing a sport or or crocheting a sweater. I don't know. People like what they like, and and I think people have a right to do the things they they love to do, right? Um, regardless if you have a family or not. So, we just wanted to get that out of the way. With that said, though, I think um, he definitely uh, neglects her needs and and his child's needs, and just you know name calling. He he's not ready for um, for a relationship, m- much more a marriage. If you're if you're calling, you know, like what people said, the um, the uh, the mother of your child, your wife, if you're calling her a bitch and a scammer because you're mad that you can't play your games like that's just so that's just so messed up. And I understand that, you know, they they said that, um, you know, sometimes she acts. The way she acts sometimes makes it seem like, oh, when there's money coming in, she's she she's happy, and when there isn't any money there, like she must be she must be a scammer, y'all. That's just how that's just how relationships are. The one of the number one reasons, if not the number one reason, uh, for for relationships failing is financial issues. Mm-hmm. So she's so when you when you put it like that, she's actually acting pretty normal. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if the money isn't if the money isn't coming, um, of course you're gonna stress about it. You're gonna worry about it. Um, but I just don't, I, I just think, you know, Brandon has just been really a shitty person, um, for the way he's been acting. It's, it's immature. He's not ready, uh, for a relationship. It doesn't seem like he's ready for fatherhood. Um, and I just, I feel really bad. And, and, you know, I, Mary isn't perfect. I get it. Um, but some of the things I get the double standards. She doesn't understand the double standard of, you know, of, of, of being on TikTok and not allowing him to be that way. But they made it seem like, oh, she's just she's really provocative and stuff like that. Y'all, if y'all have been on TikTok, man, there's there's girls twerking. There's girls shaking their booty and stuff. It's it's not something I would do, but it's definitely not like out of character not for a young slung. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it, but it's not out of character for young women to be to be yeah, shaking man, their it, booty for clout like TikTok is just, for twerking <laughs> like, i mean at least in the gen z as in the gen z definition right like it's for dancing dude the tiktok trends are all about dancing so uh, that's nothing provocative anymore this is the new normal yeah. at least in my point of view but 
I get it. Some some of y'all can handle it. Um, just look away, man. You don't have to be like Shekinah checking out other people's TikTok and oh like my gosh. <laughs> calling out, calling them out for being provocative. Like there's nothing provocative about that anymore. Not anymore, no. <laughs> it's not only fans, it's just TikTok, dude. Like you <laughs> chill out. Right. She hasn't even done the oh she hasn't even gone the OnlyFans route yet, y'all. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a break. What what really um what really surprised me though um about Mary and Brandon's relationship I think is um the relationship with the mom. Mm. I really liked how wholesome that became mm -hmm. and uh how how the mom um, actually gen I think genuinely cares um for for Mary. Yeah, there are times she feels like or it feels like she's um defending her son, which it definitely felt like and she got called out for him when Mary was like She's just defending her son. You know, I saw him slam down that PS5 controller. He was pissed. And the mom was like, well, when he's like that, you need to be calmer and you need to No, Why don't you tell your son to chill the fuck out yeah, and dude. to be a better person? And, you know, and she put it on Mary like, you need to go take a walk and you need to go handle it better. No, talk to your fucking <laughs> Talk to talk to Brandon about Dude, controlling his emotions. The you know? mom said that, oh, it's not him being mad. He just stepped outside to listen to music. Like, listen to music and have a breather. <laughs> no. Wait, you know what? It's a PS5 controller, y'all. Those things are expensive. You don't just slam it down and say, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not. <laughs> you're not stepping out for a breather. You're pretty mad, you know? And yeah, it's. She's going to defend her son. I, I get it. For real, though, how does he get hold of a PS5? <laughs> that's question of the day right there that's where where all that money went yeah. sell that yeah exactly where how do they afford the ps5 you know how, you know like even living in the first world country like you know how hard that is to get yeah. ps5 like i have relatives from portugal asking us to get a ps5 because it's that hard to get a ps5 in a first world country let alone in the philippines i'm not saying philippines is like what but like it's just hard to get a PS5. And especially if you're living in a rural area, dude, like how? Yeah. <laughs> you <gotta> explain how. <laughs> but anyway, Lon, I, I just have I two things I, I want to point out. And it's probably like hot takes and unpopular opinions here. First is, I resent the fact that Mary's being called a gold digger. Um, at some, I think I'm not sure if she was called a gold digger during the tell all, but at some point, I think it was insinuated that she was gold digging. I think the mom thought that was the case. I think the mom did call her a gold digger, if I'm not wrong. <clears throat> um, whether it's for dramatic effects or otherwise, um, I just resent that because a it paints the picture of like, you know, um, a Filipina or like someone from the third world trying to you know hustle their way um you know or trying to uh empty the bank account of of an american i mean first of all y'all brandon is a broke ass bitch okay he came to he came to the philippines and guess what mary has a business it's not him he didn't come with money okay <laughs> brandon's a broke ass bitch okay <laughs> so that's why i asked about that ps5 like who got him that ps5 anyway uh I just resent the fact, let's just put it out there, whether it's Mary and Brandon or someone else, I just don't like how it's always painted that, you know, us Asians, you know, you know, being with an American, we're like gold digger or something. It's like, no, like that's, that shouldn't be the stereotype, uh, right. I feel, you know, <laughs> so that's a dangerous stereotype, I feel. That's one. Number two, I, I take on bridge and I resent the fact that a problem can be solved through therapy. And let me explain why. Therapy is a privilege that people in the first world country has. You Facts. cannot, yeah, you cannot prescribe that for everyone in the fucking world that they have to go through therapy. That's privilege. That's you having access to a, you know, a clinical therapist. Uh, and while other people, I mean, what the fuck does he, do they have in that village? Who is the therapy in that village? Think about that. Like maybe a witch doctor? Like who? They would probably right. have to travel all the way, like two or three hours into the city, the closest city to actually see a psychologist or a family therapist. Their therapist is probably a priest. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So don't go around telling people that, hey, you guys need to go to therapy. 
And I get it. There are therapists online. But like, I, I just resent the fact that everyone thinks that a problem can be solved by therapy. It, it, it's just screams of privilege, you know, like you're like, don't do that to people from rural areas and from the global south. Like not everything has to be a Western medication. Right. And she did also, Mary also pointed out um, the stigma that that comes with that. Y'all, you know. uh, Yeah, crazy people. We've made, yeah, we've made strides here um, in in America to not stigmatize um, mental health issues. And it's 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 become, you know, um, more accepted over the years. But I want to say, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. It, that was also still the mentality that like, oh, you're you're seeing a therapist and it was pretty serious. So like, you know, it's it was only recently that we started to frame advocate it. Advocate for mental yeah, health. Yeah, right. Advocate for and 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 we're still trying to advocate yeah. um, uh, for mental health and things like that. So, you know, in other parts of the world, it's still very stigmatized. So, yeah. And then uh, Mary, Mary brought that up. Like people are going to think I'm a crazy person and all these all these things. And it's not as simple it's not as black and white as go to therapy and and, and it'll everything will get better you know it's yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up yeah i i just you know that's not like a like a one size fits all type of situation where you can just spew out like oh you need to go to therapy it's like okay think about where they are right now and think about how they're trying to make en- ends meet and that's not you know, that's not the way to help them, you know. Um, maybe they do need coaching from you, mom. <laughs> you know, like, you know, some life advice from you, you know. Maybe you have to be there for them, not outsource that to another, whoever that would be a therapist that they may not have access to. So, right. again, I think <clears throat> it's just, I, I just resent the fact that, you know, people in the Western world, you know, they just easily prescribe that, like it's, like it's not stigmatized in other parts of the world or it's it's available it's accessible readily accessible yeah yeah but anyway that's my rent <laughs> uh are we ready to move on to yeah speaking of you know one size fits all solutions <laughs> that don't apply to everybody <laughs> this relationship <laughs> of Shekinah and Sarper a very, a very unique one. <laughs> Seriously, dude, how is no one mentioning the fact that he may have chlamydia or like STD or something? I mean, I yeah. did sorry, he get checked though, right? <laughs> I, I hope he did. But yeah. if he's, if he be fucking this many people, sorry, I guess I, I, sh- I should edit that out because we won't be monetizing, I guess, if we <laughs> say out some bad vulgarity here. But like, how would he be like, begging 2,500 women and not not contract anything. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that's, that science? <laughs> that's 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 crazy. But apparently, like what she said was, I think it's it's a requirement when she dates. And I think she said she said it that she she requires that they get checked. And then she also goes through a check herself. Oh. And I was just like, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> He's like 100 percent like okay he's been cleared i don't know what the percentage is really but he's been cleared apparently right so dude condom companies need to sponsor this guy <laughs> like it really works on him like 2500 times worked on him that he's clean like yeah so uh, where do we start <laughs> oh my gosh i actually read uh, a reddit ama so ask me anything right and someone sort of like blew the whistle on Shekinah. And apparently Shekinah isn't a pleasant person mm. <laughs> at work. Uh, and I think it shows too during the tell-all how she's, she she gives out this misogynist vibe too. Like she has internal misogyny mm. in her where she's like, she defends the guy in the relationship but doesn't see the the women's side of it. And I'm like, mm. as a woman, obviously I'm disappointed mm. that she she goes for the jugular with the women rather than defend the women. Um, And I'm not surprised because she is in a relationship where her own men call her and her sister bitch and slut. So should I be surprised? I I, I guess not. But you know what? The beauty about this is that 
it works. You know, she's a fame whore who has a boyfriend that that controls her and she likes it. And he's a control, you know, he, he likes to control her. So they work. And I, I don't know why people are so like having their pennies in a in a you know in a in a twist here because of it because <laughs> it, it's it, that that's them you know it's just like remember um nicola and oh gosh what's her name that dude from israel and yeah oh sorry that dude from occupied palestine and that, right right <laughs> it's like like love that <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like it works like why are you judging that it works so yeah, they they both are assholes, but it works for the for two for the both of them. So, right. Yeah. So we're full we're we're full of you know perhaps hot takes and unpopular <laughs> opinions this episode. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And um, so my read on Shekinah um, and Sarper is you know I think they're defending the relationship they have, which brings me to why I said what I said about this one size fits all. Y'all, not everyone's relationship. Um is going to be the same and and you know where it works for them because their personalities are different and she, so i want to i want to i want to point out some things like i don't think um shekinah like loves to be controlled i think she knows she has an equal it's going to be it's going to be difficult i get it but hear me out I think she has as much power as Sarper does in the relationship. And they know that balance of power. Yep. They understand that that balance of power exists. She's not a pushover, right? I think she lets him get away with things that she's she's open to him getting away with. Yep. But she does put her foot down when she doesn't want something. When she's when she's like, we're not having the baby. She's she's like, no, that's not that's that we're done. And she and she walked off. She left him. She left his ass and he came begging back when when he brought out the notebook. And when when she saw the bottles, she's like, I ain't coming back to you until you get rid of that. It's because she she has that power and they know they know this. They, yeah. they, there's an understanding between the two the two of them that there's stuff she's willing to put up with, and there's stuff that um, that she's not. And she'll put her foot down and and fucking walk away from this relationship when it doesn't serve her anymore. Yep. And like she she doesn't to me. It, it's I don't think that she likes to be controlled. I think she likes that she drives him crazy, knowing that she can. Uh, she cannot be controlled and he's trying to control her. I think that's a different perspective. Like when he flew off the handle um, when she was at the gym because she didn't, you know, she was talking about, oh, we talked about not kissing other other bitches and all this stuff. And he's like, why are you in the dressing room? I can't talk to you. And he, and he flew off the handle. There was a look on her face of like satisfaction that she pissed him off, <laughs> that she drove him that to that extent where like, I told you what I told you what the punishment was going to be if you if you uh, if you crossed me, you know what I mean? And and I saw that flash of like satisfaction that she got. So there's this there's this like, you know, this tug of war that they're that they're going and it's a it's a dance to them. Yep. So like and again, that may seem odd to us, but not all relationships are are, are the same. And of course, we see it as some guy that's trying to control her and and she's putting up with it. But that's not the way that they have it framed in their minds and 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 to them it's not as toxic as as we see it to yeah. be right so that that's kind of the read that i have on their relationship because like i said when she saw the notebook when she's talking about the bottles when she's talking about having a baby those are things she will not budge on and when she when when she doesn't want to budge on something and she puts her foot down she puts her foot down and he's yep. going to have to respect that or she'll walk the fuck off yeah. so like yeah i just i just understand maybe not fully but i understand to a degree this type of relationship that serves them and they both kind of get what they want out of it and um it's 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 difficult for her to listen to people judge her and to judge sarper now with all that said i didn't i didn't even talk about sarper really <laughs> sarper y'all unpopular opinion but he's been my favorite cast member this entire um Damn. Season. <laughs> yeah he's been my and is yeah it, is it because he's real is it because he keeps it real it, he, he keeps it he keeps it real and it's um to me that's it, the real him 
it's almost innocent. There's an innocence to it. it. He's not doing all this stuff because he's a bad person. It's almost like he doesn't understand that it's bad. And so the things that he says, he doesn't know that like, he doesn't know that that he comes off that he comes off like aloof. Um, it's um, unlike um, what's his face, who was uh, a guest, Andre, yeah. right? Yeah, like Andre, you know that he's he's intimidating to be intimidating, and they try to vouch for him. Oh no, that's just his voice. Yeah. No, I think when you stand up and you walk to where somebody is sitting and you're looking down, that's an intentional intimidation. You're trying to be a bad guy here, and and the way he, you know, the way Andre treats uh, Libby is very, very different, I think, than the way um, Sarper treats uh, treats Shekinah. Yeah. You can see that even though he's rough, that, that Sarper's rough around the edges, you can kind of see that he, he still respects her. It's weird that he's telling her, I want you to, but he's like, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna weigh this weight, right? You're gonna be like, you can see that there's like care there, whereas Andre, when he talks to Libby, there's just no respect. Mm. So like, it's it's he's, he's I don't villainize Sarper <laughs> the way I villainize Andre because I just think he there's just things he doesn't quite understand. Maybe it's he doesn't understand West our Western standards of of how things should be. You know, again, back to the one size fits all. We're trying to put like what we like think like guys are and relationships are and and we measure him to these standards and we're like this guy's a bad guy but i don't think it, he doesn't come off that way to me you know what i mean and it's it's um i don't know it's uh it's, it's a strange kind of dichotomy that i grapple with but he's he's very entertaining um, um i don't think anyone can deny that the things he says are completely outrageous. <laughs> like, I think when everyone when when everyone hears that he slept with twenty five hundred women, it's just like, what are you even talking about? And he keep tabs. He has that notebook. The notebook. Oh, oh my god! Where he what... even color coded. <laughs> that I died. Okay, what, what do the colors mean? And he's like, colors how pretty they are. <laughs> Dead. You fucking lost it. <laughs> I, I, I can see what you mean, Lon. Like, there is an innocence to it. Like, it's almost like he doesn't realize that he's so wrong. He's so wrong. When it, it's like, he it doesn't filter that way to him. Like, when we, obviously for us, it's like outrageous. But for him, it's like just a normal day. Right. This is a normal day in the life of supper, you know? like Yeah. I, uh, some days I slept with two women. Like, it just, <laughs> it just comes so, like, to us, it's like... <gasps> But like, th if this is his norm, if this is his normal, and he's been living this way, like, it, it, it's like his his reality is so far different from ours. <laughs> like, it's so unbelievable <laughs> to him. He's just these are normal things to him, and he's and he's like he tells us, oh, but I don't like that guy anymore. That I'm a changed guy, right? Doesn't he refer to that guy as a different name or yeah. something? I don't even know. Isaac I, is that the name? I forget. But like. I'm not proud. I'm not proud of that. And he's he's he looks genuinely not, but he does look like he's trying to hold on to these things. That's why he has a notebook and bottles and stuff, right? Like Yeah. They're conquests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like trophies, you know. I'm not proud of this past, but I do want to remember it. <laughs> like his glory days. <laughs> yeah, his glory days. Yeah, he looks different though. I think he aged really well. Um, I, I like. I think we saw his like younger younger photos. Like he still looks good, and then now he looks just as good. You know, just older, and maybe that's why he's trying to hang on to his carefree life of just going around and <laughs> sleeping around. He's a changed man though, and I understand what he means when he tells Shekinah that like. No, that was the guy I used to be, and you changed that. Yeah. Like, you know, this I did this for you. <laughs> like, because this is this is the guy I used to be, and I changed for you. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried to put that on her. <laughs> That's the reason I have this. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it is alarming that I guess no one on her family blessed this relationship. I think you can tell that people are very uh, concerned and alarmed by the by their relationship, so that's very telling. And hopefully they do last. Hopefully this this comes to something. You know, it, it, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe we maybe we might see them again. I I I don't know. I think it makes for great TV. I will say that much. I don't know whether they whether it's going to succeed because I do I do yeah I vouched for their relationship but that doesn't mean that I don't see problems with it okay yeah. <laughs> hey let me be clear on that yeah I'm not saying that this relationship is perfectly fine I'm saying relationships are different across the board this is something that works for them we're not understanding it 100 we we don't you know see it a particular way. Um, but even though I vouch for that, that's not to say that I that I believe that this is a completely healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let me put that out there first. So whether or not they last, um, I'm not 100% sure. But would I, would I choose to see them over every other couple um, on this season? Yeah. Well, give me more of Armando and Kenny, obviously. But like Shekina and, uh, Shekina and Sarper, sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. I'll watch another season of them <laughs> to see where they go. <laughs> so I guess to conclude, would are they like the most WTF couple then? I think so. I think I think Sarper himself is a WTF. Is, moment. The, is he just a <laughs> he's walking? A he's <laughs> he's a mood, a moment. A mood. If ninety day fiance WTF was a person, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking Sarper opening his mouth. <laughs> this is it. He's our mascot then. <laughs> yeah. He could have he could have a fucking Twitter or an X, right? Or a yeah. thread account of yeah. him just saying the most off the wall <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, sorry, you're gonna need to edit this, yeah, for monetization purposes. If you have to do it, do it. But no. like I, there's probably a lot of things I need to edit out, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you too, like, is there anyone else that you like to see returning? And I'm guessing you obviously want to see Shekinah and Sarper, Kenny and Amrondo, um, anyone else that you'd like to um, continue watching their journey? Um, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing more of Mary and Brandon, um, mm. I'm Filipino for the all that have that haven't been with us for a while. But for those who do, I, I'm Filipino, so I'm, um, I'm you know I'm on the fence when it comes to the the relationships that are in the Philippines, only because they hit close to home for me. Um, so you know I I I usually don't like how it's more than likely don't like how they depict the Philippines, and like you said, Nadia, um, it's it's always portrayed as you know. Women are are the gold diggers and looking for American men and things like that. Um, but you know, it's it's the Philippines, and I like to see like how how the Filipinos are are doing on the show and and then the glow up afterwards and stuff. So I wouldn't mind seeing more of Mary and Brandon, also because I do want to see Brandon like mature and hopefully treat Mary better. Yeah. Um, but really, um. I think that I think that would be it. I'm curious about Kimberly and TJ, but not enough to want to see them again. Um, and I don't really want to see Julio, but I'd be down to see what Kirsten's up to. <laughs> yeah, if Kirsten got cast in like the single life, just like uh, Chantel is going to be, uh, yeah, I would definitely watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. I think that is uh, the end of our coverage of the 90 Day Fiancé, The Other Way, Season 5. I should have led with that, but sorry, guys. <laughs> you're probably listening in and you're like, what are these guys talking about? Well, it is the the previous season of uh, The Other Way, Season 5, I believe. And there was a three-part tell-all. And we're covering it because we haven't been uh, doing any podcasts. So we figured like this is the best way to get back on the horse. Uh, anything else, Lon, before we end this recording really quick just want to shout out to everybody that's uh that's that stayed dedicated to the podcast we love y'all we appreciate y'all and uh we hope this uh this coverage of the three-part tell-all was entertaining <laughs> i had a good time <laughs> yeah don't cancel us yet <laughs> uh, um yeah and uh free palestine yeah uh yep and uh definitely advocating for a ceasefire shout out to the pope who recently allowed uh, priests around the world okay at least catholic priests uh, to my knowledge to bless uh lgbtq marriages if i'm not wrong i, I could mm -hmm. be misphrasing here but shout out to the pope uh, he also called for a ceasefire that's the least we all can do ask for a ceasefire 
uh, no more genocide and killing of children. I, as a mom, am deeply affected by by you know seeing all these children being killed. So, uh, on both sides, obviously, but please cease fire. Uh, no more wars. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, anything else, Lon? You want to recommend or? Oh, uh... shout out to Screen Rant for. Uh, we apologize, Screen Rant. We're we're late on that, but yeah. <laughs> we did catch your article. Thanks. <laughs> we're like two years late. We are. Oh my god! That I think is that so article is from twenty one. Yeah. Lord, that is so embarrassing. But yeah, shout out to Screen Rant. Uh, hey, you didn't tag us, so we didn't know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks. Thanks for uh putting us in the uh, uh top. 10 of the best uh, 90 Day Fiancé 90 Day Fiancé but that was two years ago now we're obviously out of that <laughs> since we no longer record that often uh, but yeah happy holidays uh, to our listeners uh, I'm guessing by the time this gets uploaded it's probably New Year so happy, happy New, New Year, Year. <laughs> hope to do this more often uh, but in the meantime uh, be kind to one another and bye 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 bye